Hello, this is David, and you're listening to In the Background. Hello, hello, hello to anyone listening. As I said, this is David, and this is In the Background. I'm just a little nobody in the middle of a very, very hot state called Florida in Sarasota. I am originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But anyway, this is where I'm at now. This is where the Lord has me. And I'm happy. I'm, I'm good. To be in the plan of the Lord, to just be where you're meant to be, where the Lord wants you, is exactly where you want to be. So if you feel like the Lord is not wanting you to be somewhere... Better pray. Anyway, um, something I wanted to share on. I'm going to try to make this not too long, but maybe I'll go into... uh, I don't know if I want to go into two episodes. But anyway, I have been studying the Bible. Now, what happened is I go through seasons of where I feel led to study and other times where I'm just trying to make it through the day. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that, where you're just trying to make it to the either the weekend or make it to the next time where you feel like you can breathe. But for me, it's like I've always been kind of half in and out of the Bible. And I've been challenged recently because at church... We're going through kind of a Tuesday night meetings at church where it talks about both spirit and truth. And I appreciate that because if we just have truth, we can become legalistic and just be puffed up with knowledge. That's what the Bible says, that knowledge puffs up and we have to be careful. But if we're just led by the spirit with no Bible, no truth behind it. Who's to, what's to separate your emotions from what you think the Lord's telling you? It's two very sticky subjects where it's like, I know a lot of people's like, I feel like, I feel led to go to this. I feel led to do this. I feel led about that. And it's like, well, it sounds like you're feeling led to do everything you want to do. Well, I feel led to do what I want to do. I mean, you know, when I say in the Bible, it says the Lord's will doesn't say David's will or John's will, whatever your name is out there, anyone listening. It's about what the Lord wants when Jesus was in the garden. He said, Lord, your will be done. So to just be led by the Spirit can also be dangerous because we need the Spirit. We need Spirit and truth. And I kind of came across this recently in my own life when... um, I've been studying Revelation. I've been studying the the coming of the Lord. And for a lot of people, it's kind of a taboo type of topic because you're either pre-trib or post-trib. And not to offend anyone, but I am post-trib. I believe that the Bible shows more post-trib than pre-trib. Now, I can get into a big, long teaching that I'm not a super good teacher, but I can give you some of the verses that kind of just sent me the 
the other way. I don't know if I have enough time for that. I already see him four minutes in. But anyway, but I have to first explain the spirit and truth. So when you're studying the Bible, whether it's Revelation, whether it's James or John or 1 Peter, 2 Peter, Thessalonians, Matthew, even in the Old Testament, Exodus, Genesis, you have to seek the Lord in it. You can't just read it. As Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in us for what? To guide us. Jesus says to help us. It is He is a helper. The Holy Spirit helps me, not only in my day-to-day, but He helps me understand to seek to seek the Lord. I believe it says somewhere where it's like the uh, who knows the mind of the Lord but the Holy Spirit. We we can't understand God. We can't understand him, but the spirit in us can. It intercedes for us. We learn from the we let the Holy Spirit convict us to to change us. The Holy Spirit it's it's I don't know, you can spend a whole other thing talking about the Holy Spirit and how it's, it is, we, we as Christians, we are supernatural people. It is a supernatural thing. It's a phenomenon. It's not of this world. There's two worlds. There's the natural world and there's the spirit world. Sounds weird saying it sometimes. We, we all like know it, but then to say it, you're just like, well, it sounds kind of like a sci-fi movie. It sounds weird. But as I was as I was studying Revelation, I was listening to a few different teachers. I listened to pre-trib people and I listened excuse me, to post-trib people. This didn't even come from our church. So like rarely do you ever hear someone talk about end timesy type of thing, the coming, the coming of the Lord, the second coming. And a lot of people stay away from it. Some people teach it, but if they're taught, like, one of the things that I've realized is sometimes when you're listening to people teach it, they're saying, this is what I was taught. And most times they come from some sort of Bible school that that's all they teach. They actually teach that to be a truth. Now, the question we have to ask ourselves, and the thing that I got nervous about, to be honest, is when I'm taught something, if I just believe this because he taught me this, and now I'm going to teach someone else this. But what if, what if that, what if something is false doctrine? The Bible says there's a bunch of false doctrine. Now we're taking place here about 2,023 years, roughly, after Jesus's death. How much stuff kind of got distorted? Anyway, so those are all the questions I was asking myself. So as I listen to people. I have to understand where they came from and where they got this information from. Now, they'll pull out Bible, both sides pull out good Bible verses. The one problem, I'm going to just be honest with you, for me and my conviction, the one problem I ran into was, I, I well, first of all, I used to be uh, pre-trip. I was like, yep, got it. Okay, we go up, come back down, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now, as I read the Bible and I'm seeking the Lord, I do not see it. It's weird. It's just like, 
you, you read it and I'm like, where did all these other verses? I mean, there's like, so roughly the coming of the Lord, <clears throat> specifically when it talks about it in, in a specific um, telling of it in certain Bible verses, there's like four major times. It's in Revelation for uh, Matthew 24 and first and second Thessalonians. Now, actually, we'll read you just to kind of give you a little glimpse of what happened to me. Is I was reading along and I was like, Lord, I want you to show me this. I need to see it because in my heart, I feel like it is post trip. Now, why does this matter? It does matter because it's pretty easy sometimes. It's like, oh, we're not going to go through this and not go through that. And it's like, as a Christian, I feel a readiness in my heart to be prepared for tough times. The Bible talks more about endurance and tough times than I even think about in a week. All I can complain about in a week is my work week. Meanwhile, you got other Christians actually going through tribulation. So if we're raptured out of here, it's like, well, why do we have it better than them? But I will give you this Bible verse I came across that after I got done reading Revelation, I was trying to cross-reference all the verses. And it, I am obviously bad at flipping through my Bible. My Bible is more worn in the New Testament than the Old Testament. Second, there they are. So, so I struggled. I'll just give you really, really quick little intro to what I was studying. So I, I came in Revelations twenty one. When you see the Lord return, it is in a military type of style. And it's like he's on a white horse and he's got his army. And what I used to believe was like that was a somewhat third coming. Like he came down halfway into the cloud, called us up, went back up, then come back down on the ponies, I guess. But as I began to read, Paul and Jesus, first of all, Jesus says that in Matthew, if you turn to Matthew 24, right above the, it's in the Olivet Discourse, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And it kind of goes into, you know, a little describe. And then it's like, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one side of the heavens to the other. And it's like, all right. The elect, I believe it's all of those who have been saved through him. It's not necessarily just that I used to believe that was just maybe the Jews, but I'm like, that is the elect, that's all God's people. So, 
Now, when you look in what Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, and it's now concerning the Antichrist, to not be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us, saying it could even be today, whereas the day of the Lord has not has already come. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. So basically it's saying the coming, right here it says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him is the same event. He says the coming of the Lord and us going to him. And you can read in Revelations 21 for yourself. Um, You know, Paul doesn't talk about a horse. He doesn't talk about an army. But he said, when the Lord comes, we will gather and meet with him. But not until the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, is revealed, the son of destruction. And, you know, you can go into all sorts of little things below that. And at the bottom of Second Thess- uh, Second Thessalonians chapter two, it says, "Then the lawless one, the lawless one, will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the word of his mouth, and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming." So, if you hop over now to First Thessalonians chapter four. Verse 13, Paul, uh, Paul again says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, but those, but those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do or who have no hope, since we believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave, um, God will bring him who those who have fallen asleep, the dead will rise. That's what that's, he's saying there. Uh, let's skip down to, okay, 15. For this we declare to you by a word. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So, that's why in Revelation it says, when the last trumpet calls, the dead in Christ rise first. So, it says in verse 16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. When you study the language you see that like a cry of command is actually like a war cry why because he's coming down to jerusalem to the people the the city it's it's interesting if you i mean good grief you could just spend too much time studying all this and reading all of it which i've 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 actually been enjoying it but there's just a lot as i as i was reading all of this 
even um, sometimes, you know, you hear people say, oh, well, you don't know when the day or the hour is. And it's like, no, you're not going to know the day or the hour. But if you read in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, while people are saying there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. It's not, it's not you will escape. They, they will not escape. You know, when it's talking about <clears throat> the Lord coming like a thief in the night, that's not just a lookout or a warning for Christians because Christians will know the season. They will know the time. Not know the exact date or year, but they will know the season in which they are in. Because right here it says, just as pains <clears throat> come upon a pregnant woman, labor pains, and they will not escape, they being non-Christians. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, a reference to the thief in the night scripture. Now, when I was reading this, sometimes I just read the Bible, but if I'm not in tune with what the Lord and the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to me during this to build in me wisdom from the Word and a confirming from the Holy Spirit, so as I read all that, and I'm not, you know, why am I reading this, or why why did I choose to read Revelation? Is to be honest, we don't really know what the the next years hold. We don't know what's going to happen. But I never wanted to be comfortable and be like, oh, well, before it gets too bad, I'm going to be out of here. Because that's a lot of Christians. And if that's you, I'm not here to attack you. But most of the Bible is a call to endurance. Endurance for what? Tribulations. For trials. We have trials today. We have tribulations today. There are people going through Something similar to the Great Tribulation now in the Middle East. If you're a Christian, they kill you. Your family will turn you in and they kill you. In the end times, that's going to be across the board. It says that Satan will go after Israel and then he goes after their offspring. And it's like we were, as Christians, we were grafted in to the vine. We were grafted in to Israel. I'm one of those people when I see the scriptures and I see the revelation and I read the Old Testament, God has always had a plan for Israel. And it's it's not like, you know, I know people who's, who are dispensationalists. So it's like there is no God doesn't care about Israel anymore. It's like now we are all Israel. But when you read Revelation, it's like you'd have to read all of Revelation as only being spiritual. It's both spiritual and physical. As you read the Old Testament, it prophesied about the New Testament, everything. Spiritual and physical. So when I come across different teachings, I'm going to close with this. 
as I come across different teachings by people, I can't just, because I like it, say, I agree with this. Why do you believe that? I believe it because uh, this guy said it. Or this guy taught it. And why does he believe it? Where did he where did he go to school? Every every pastor now's been to school. I'm not bashing on Bible school. But where do you see Bible school in the New Testament? People were built up in church. The Lord did a work in their life and they educated themselves on the Bible. They educated themselves on the teachings of Jesus. To be honest, all the New Testament I'm not saying you don't read the Old Testament, but obviously I look at the Old Testament as it's the big history story of how we got to where we're at today. When I read the New Testament, the New Testament is the challenge and the teachings for the modern day Christian, for you and for me to be built, spiritually built, built in the Word. When I open up anywhere in the New Testament, there's a there's an encouragement for me. First Thessalonians chapter 5, at the end, verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you, who are over you in the Lord, to admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. It encourages us to, 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 to love and to care for the people who are taking care of taking care of us in church, church the early church. I always when I'm reading the the New Testament, something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I've heard a lot of things where it's like when I first got saved, I just thought like, well, that's how they used to do things, and now this is how we do it. Where does it say that it switched? Where does it say that the gifts of the Spirit left? Where does it say that we or we are not going to get any trial? And, you know, to separate tribulation, when you read uh, all the end time stuff, when you read all the end times uh, verses, it's easy to view as like, well, trials, God's going to judge the whole earth. And I'm just like, no, that's just the trials and tribulation come from Satan, his wrath. He has a wrath now. There's people attacking Christians now. There's going to be more of them down the road, which is why I'm trying to read and and be encouraged and, and letting the Lord do what he wants to in my life. God's wrath and judgment on the earth, we are free from, free from. Even if we're here and stuff's falling around outside, is there one other story you can think of in the Bible where God protected the people when he was like demolishing things around them? Noah. Noah wasn't pulled out. He God could have pulled out Noah and then restarted the whole earth. He took Noah through the flood on an ark. He could have just pulled him up into the heaven, did a little pre-rapture, pre-rapture, double pre-rapture, and then bring him back down. Or those boys in the furnace. He took them through the fire. They felt no pain. And one of the biggest ones was the plagues of Egypt. God protected his people. There was the lamb. The blood of the lamb was over the doorpost. In the same way that if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the blood of the lamb 
shields you. So when I read the Bible, I'm, I'm very encouraged. I want to learn all of it. I don't understand all of it. But we need the Spirit to guide us in the teachings that our pastors, elders, leadership has for us. But it needs to be backed up by the Word. It needs to be backed up by the Bible. So I encourage you guys, just as I'm encouraged myself, to study the Word to seek the Holy Spirit. Every one of you has the Holy Spirit. We, The Bible has so much information here, and it only confirms what you feel in the Spirit. But just because someone teaches me a few things does not mean that I own it. One of the biggest challenges that I have for myself and for anyone listening is do you own your faith? Do you own everything? If someone says, you believe in tongues, why do you believe in tongues? And I say, this is why, because I own it. Maybe you don't even do it, but you believe in it. But it's like, you know, it's in there. Prophecy, it's in there. Maybe you don't agree with it. Where did that come from? I'm, I'm noticing now, and I'm not saying this to offend because I am an American, but Western Christianity has probably is is did great services for the kingdom of God, but also great disservices, hindrances. And I feel for me and every Christian listening that we have to go back to the word of God and we have to seek the Holy Spirit and correct things that need to be corrected, change things that need to change in our lives. Now, I don't necessarily agree with every single little piece of whatever it is at church, but they're, I guess you'd consider them second-tier doctrines. But I'm not trying to get into all that type of debate anyway. But I would say that there are a few things that every Christian needs to agree on, is that, first of all, we are meant to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow the Lord. Our identity is not in, not in things, it's in Christ. It's in Christ Jesus. It is about what God wants for our lives, not about what we want. It's about the Lord's will, not our will. Jesus said in the garden, Lord, your will be done. And last but not least, endurance. There will be times that are difficult. You could be struggling with your mortgage. You could be struggling with a job. You could be struggling with making money because everything's getting a little expensive and crazy now. But we as Christians are called to endurance, to persevere through trials, through tribulations, whether it's the tribulation or tribulations. So that's all I wanted to share today, guys. Thanks for listening and be well.